We uh, are into now this series we're calling According to Your Faith, and our main text here have been Matthew 9 and Mark chapter 9. The Lord really ministered to me last night. Oh, woo. <laughs> so I'm, I'm believing him to see how to, uh, how much and, and what of this. So you're believing with me, you said. Matthew 9 and uh, 28, there were two blind men that came and pursued Jesus and, and they followed him into the house and, and uh, he said to them, do you believe I'm able to do this? They're asking him for mercy and they, they want healing. Healing is a mercy. And uh, numerous times people asked Jesus for mercy and they got healing. And sometimes people say, well, healing's not for everybody. You just got through saying mercy's not for everybody. Hmm. That's not true. Mercy's for everybody. And healing's for everybody. Being saved is for everybody. You believe it? Not everybody's receiving it. Not everybody's going to receive it, but it's available for everyone. He said, you believe I'm able to do this? They said, yes, Lord. 29. Then touched he their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. Since he asked them, do you believe I'm able to do this? You might have thought, well, he'd say, then he'd turn around and say, well, then according to my ability. According to the power of God. He didn't say that. He said what? According to your faith. Well, they must have had faith because the very next verse, and their eye, he touched them and their eyes were open. Glory to God. How many believe this really happened? These men were really blind. They, they really came to Jesus. There was a day this happened in this house. They, he asked them this question. They answered. He touched them. And they were no more blind. They could see. You believe this? You know, if you don't believe in miracles, you don't believe in God. People can say what they want to. But if you don't believe in miracles, you don't believe the Bible. It's full of miracles. And you'd even have to define what is a miracle. And we're going to touch on some of that today, I think. He said, according to your faith, what does that mean? He's telling them, you want this to happen. Yes. You believe it can happen. Yes. He said, here's how it's going to happen. It's going to happen according to your faith. Much of the church has changed that. Much of the church has changed that into according to God's will. And that's not what Jesus taught. But is that what many believe? That if it happened, it was God's will. If it didn't happen, it wasn't God's will. Well, how do we pray? Just pray if it be thy will. Well, we don't pray that way when people get born again. Do we? Somebody says, I'm, I'm lost. I need Jesus. We say, well, we don't know if it's God's will. But we'll pray. Lord, save them if it be thy will. If not, thy will be done. Well, what'd be wrong with praying that with that? If if really that's the right way to pray about everything. No, see that's not right. Because everything is not happening according to the will of God. Now some people find that disturbing. That bothers them so bad. Yes, God is in control. No, he in in one sense he is not controlling everything. When you're talking about the big overall overarching plan, yes, his big plan is going to be done. Whether you're a part of it or not is another question. 
But no, he is not making everybody do what they're doing. No, we really do have a free will. And whether you ate cornflakes or raisin bran this morning was not God's choice. Or whatever it was you ate or didn't eat. <laughs> so much of it, he's left up to us. And he's telling us this is going to happen. How? Not according to God's power. Not according to what's best. Not according to what you need. Not according to what you want. How do miracles happen? Much of the church world will tell you it's just God's wills. But they're telling you wrong. God wills good things for everybody all the time. It's not his will that anybody should perish. Is that true? Are there people perishing? Then things are happening that's not his will. Now go with me to Mark the ninth chapter please. Mark 9. The man brought his son who was having seizures and fits to the disciples to get, get him delivered and healed. And they prayed and commanded and cast and did what they knew to do and he was no better. And Jesus came down off the mountain and they ran to him and the uh, man talked to Jesus about this and said, I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't help him. If you can do anything, the man said to Jesus, have compassion on him and help him. Mark 9:22. If you can do anything, the man said to Jesus. In other words, it's up to you if you can. And Jesus said in Mark 9:23, If you can believe. All things are possible to him that believes. The reason I paused like that is because if you look at the original text, that's the way it is. There's a play on the word, if you can, because the man said, if you can, then Jesus turned around and said, if you can. And actually, the, uh, the Good News translation says it like that. It says, yes, said Jesus, if you yourself can. Everything is possible for the person who has faith. The Darby translation says it like this. Jesus said, the if you could is if you could. (laughs) Believe. All things are possible to him that believes. How many believe the Bible? How many believe the words of Jesus? when, When this man tries to put the responsibility for this happening or not happening into Jesus' lap... He turns around and says, oh, no, uh-uh. Puts it right back in his lap. He said, no, it's not if I can do something. It's if you'll believe. Because it's not going to happen just according to the will of God or according to what God can do. Man, if it was just based on the ability of God, everybody would be saved, healed, set free, and thrilled right now. Is that right? Because he created the heavens and the earth. Is that right? He created the universe. He definitely can do it. How many believe he can do it? So people say, well, it ain't happening, so it just must not be his will. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It is his will for us to be saved, for us to be healed, for us to be free, have peace and joy, have our needs met material and financially. Find his will. Have a good life. Get out of here. Rule and reign with him. Get reward throughout eternity. That is his will for every one. But a whole lot of people don't want it. They don't want him. They don't want to believe it. They won't listen. So the things that we need that we desire, the miracles, if you will. How are they going to happen? Help me out. According to our faith. Somebody say, according to my faith. That's how I will receive. Thank you, Lord. 
Go with me to Hebrews the 11th chapter. We got into this a couple of weeks back. And uh, I felt like we didn't get through with it. So we're, we're back here again today. Hebrews 11. On this part. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Says. I mean if things are going to happen. The Lord helping me get my bills paid. The Lord helping me get my body healed. The Lord helping us in our marriages, in our families, in our businesses. If all that's going to happen according to my faith, I ought to be greatly interested. (laughs) Right? In finding out about what faith is, how to develop my faith, right? How to exercise my faith. And the Bible said the just shall live. By faith and walk. By faith and without faith it is impossible to please God. Why? Because he's not, one of the reasons is he's not pleased. He's a daddy. A rich daddy. He's not pleased until his kids, he's able to do for his kids what he wants to do. And faith is the determining factor. So faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Are you interested in faith? If you're not and you don't like to hear it, I got bad news for you. You're just going to hear it more and more around here. There's a reason why faith is on the front of the sign out there. Right? (laughs) And people mock and make fun. You hear people say, oh, that's that faith bunch. That's that confess it, possess it, blab it, grab it. Who are they making fun of? I didn't write Mark 11, 23 and 24. Neither did Brother Hagin. <laughs> right? Y'all are just Haganites. Y'all are just Copelandites. Y'all are just, how about Jesusites? He's the one who said it. Got to watch what you make fun of. What is faith? Faith is what? Actually, uh, put put up Young's literal up there because this is the author of Young's concordance, and uh, from my my studies, uh, it seems to be one of the most accurate ones I, I've found. Faith is of things. It doesn't read the way we talk because actually ancient languages are reversed from the way we talk. So we think that's that's backwards. No, it's us. <laughs> that was it's been that way for thousands of years till we we made some changes. Faith is of things hoped for, a confidence of matters not seen, a conviction. This is what faith is. Faith has to do with the not yet and the not seen. Somebody say not yet yet. and not seen. seen. So this is what the Lord said to me last night. He said faith allows you To be aware of, to perceive and receive from other dimensions. And specifically the dimension of light and time. Let me see, where did you get that? Put the verse back up. Faith is of things what? Hoped for. Well, Romans 8 says... If we see that which we hope for, it's not hope. But if we don't see it yet, then with patience or perseverance, we wait for it. What's waiting got to do with? Time. Time. Faith is the confidence of things you haven't experienced yet. It's the conviction of what? Things you don't see. Well, what enables you to see? Light. Seeing is the result of light. With no light, there's no vision. 
I mean, what if it was pitch dark in here right now? You wouldn't be seeing anything. So faith has to do with time and light. And God is light. Hallelujah. And he has time in his hand. We know so little. But we're learning. Are you believing with me? Keep reading and you see some things here. The Amplified. Verse 1. Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the assurance of things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I want to read that last phrase to you again. What does faith do? Faith perceives, and of course this is the amplified authors, but I'd say it like this. Faith perceives reality that is not perceived by the senses, not revealed to the senses. Even those who study these things, physics, researchers, supposedly the most brilliant minds in our, ours and previous generations, they become convinced there are many more dimensions than what we can perceive with our physical senses. We perceive three or four dimensions, length, height, depth. But what about unseen? Thought, thought doesn't have length or breadth or height that you can perceive with a touch or an eye. Feelings, emotions. And yet people are adamant, well, if I can't see it, I don't believe in it. Well, you don't believe in your mind. And you don't believe in the way you heated your lunch. In your microwave. Did you see what heated your soup? What heated your soup? What popped your popcorn? Magic? You pushed a little button and it started popping. What happened? You didn't build a fire in there. Waves. Electromagnetic Waves. Well, if you say I don't believe in what I can, I, if I can't see it and feel it and touch it, it don't exist. Well, then you don't believe in AM, FM, television, mobile phones, Wi-Fi, because you can't touch it, you can't smell it. This is full of stuff. Waves. I got a little scanner the other day because I out in the office the Lord gave us. I wanted one to hear the tra- air traffic, you know. And uh, when I got, it had all the other frequencies you could get a hold of too. I thought, whoa, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of fr- all that's in the air. Are you hearing it? Only thing you're hearing is me right now. But can you say, all that other is not there? It don't exist because I don't see it. It's there. It was there for thousands of years. And people didn't know about it. Until they developed a way to receive it. They built a receiver. A receiver. What you need to enjoy something is a receiver. It's all there. All you got to do is power up the receiver and then tune in the receiver to exactly what it is you want to receive. 
And all at once, here it comes. You start hearing it. And the same thing is true with light. Light. The spectrum of light and the spectrum of sound is far beyond what we can perceive. How many know your dog can hear stuff you can't hear? And your cat hears things. Now, for thousands of years, people just thought they had crazy dogs, <laughs> crazy cats, because they'd be acting spastic about something. They're like, what? I don't hear anything just because you don't hear it. Don't mean it's not there. And on one occasion, God allowed a donkey. <laughs> To see more of the spectrum. And he saw in the spirit. And saw an angel. A donkey. I figure if he could broaden a donkey's spectrum. (laughs) He could broaden my spectrum. How many figure just off the cuff that you're as intelligent as the average donkey or... Maybe even a little better. (laughs) And then I remember we talked about this, that there was the occasion that uh, the prophet's servant went out to get water and the enemy had sent soldiers and they had surrounded the city. You remember that in in Kings? And he come running in and said, alas, my master, what in the world are we going to do? We're surrounded. And the prophet said, no, there's more with us than there are with them. And he didn't understand it. He thought, what? I mean, one, two. One, two. Any way you count it, it's still one, two. And they got us surrounded out there with horses and chariots and hardware and weapons. He said, no. He said, Lord, open his eyes. Oh, did you hear that? Open his eyes. What does that what does that mean? Expand his spectrum of vision. (laughs) And uh, immediately he looked and saw angels, chariots, all in the mountains all around the city. Now did they get there when he saw them? They were already there. How long had they been there? I don't know. The scripture says the angel of the Lord encamps round about those who fear him to deliver them. And that the angels of the Lord have been given charge concerning us to bear us up in their hands lest we dash our foot against a stone. All of those angelic forces were there on that particular day. They didn't need them. But they were there in case they did. Is everybody thinking? They didn't need them that day. Because the Lord told the prophet what to do. And and he spoke over them. And the whole bunch there didn't realize where they were. And he led them to another town. And then they realized, uh uh-oh. We're in the wrong town. We're in the middle of our enemy. And uh, so they didn't need angelic interference. So why were they there? Or angelic protection, I should say. Why were they there? They were there ready. Wonder what's here and ready right now. Wonder what's around you and with you every day of your life. That you don't see, you don't hear, you don't feel. Hold your place here and go to John 20. John 20. We saw this. Am I still talking about faith? Why? What is faith? We've had religious ideas about it. Faith is 
the conviction of things hoped for. Confidence, I should say. Confidence of things hoped for. And it is the conviction of things not seen. Faith has to do with time and light. With what is not yet and what is not seen. The just, we walk by faith, not by... Now, what does that mean by sight? Not by the limited sight of the flesh. Unbelievers are imprisoned, locked into three plus dimensions. They don't see it, they don't hear it, they don't feel it, it don't exist to them. But we are so much more than that. I said we are so much more than that. God is a multidimensional being. How many dimensions? I don't know. Researchers and those that study physics, they don't know either. Some say 10 dimensions. Some say 11. Some say 12. Some say 24. Anytime you see the word theory, that means they don't know. Is that right? Anytime you see the word theory. Now, I know it sounds funny, but theory of evolution means they don't know. Theory of the Big Bang of creation. If you see the word theory, it means they don't know. And yet people teach it like it's true. Theory is somebody's guess. A theory is somebody's guess. (laughs) In John 20, Jesus had been raised from the dead. The women saw him, and they ran back and told the uh, the men, and they didn't believe them. And then the two men that were walking along the way, they saw the master after he's raised from the dead. They ran back and told him. They didn't believe them either. And then Jesus, several days later, he just appears in the room where the doors were locked. He didn't use the door. He didn't need a window. He's just there. I'm looking forward to that. You're not there and then you go, (laughs) ta-da. I'm here now. Somebody say, multidimensional. He was there and he reproved them because they didn't believe. Tell me what belief has to do with it. Could they have believed what they had not seen yet? Could they have believed it? If they'd have had faith, they would have accepted it and believed it even though they hadn't seen it and even though they hadn't been with him yet, they'd have believed it. Well, Thomas had said, unless I see him, Unless I put my finger where those spikes were. Unless I put my hand where I know they shoved that spear up in his side. I ain't going to believe it. This is the picture of unpersuadableness. Of being an unbeliever. Refusing to believe. There's a lot of them in the world. It wouldn't matter what they saw or heard. They're not going to believe. Seeing is not believing. I know my, my dad, who's in heaven now, he and my, my grandmother were in a minister. This has been back in the, oh dear me, 40s or so. And I won't call names, but this man was internationally known at that time. Miracles, oh my, my. And my my grandmother had cancer. And of course back, especially back in those days, uh, the treatments weren't nearly what they are now. And so basically she was 
there was no treatment for what she was dealing with. And her mother, which had been my great-grandmother, was sick also back at home. And so she had faith that God healed, and they made their way. Of course, travel was difficult back in those days. Made their way and went to that meeting. And my, my dad, who was a boy, went with them. And uh, when she came up over the platform and this man was ministering to her, she said she felt the presence of God. And she had cancer in her, in her hand and, and that part of her body. And she had gotten used to kind of hiding it behind her uh, back because it, it looked ugly and bad. And, and said the, the man of God was uh, there and looked at her and said, uh, you're a good believer in the Lord. She said she, the presence of God was so strong. And she said all at once she saw angels standing all around them. And I know my grandmother, she did not make this up. She said all around them. And, and she couldn't see anybody else. Just, just him and her and these angels in bright light. And, and he said, the man of God said, and that hand that you're holding behind your back is, no, he didn't know. Said, uh, and that's healed now in Jesus' name. And it was. Hallelujah. And so I got to know her. I hadn't been born yet. I got to know her and spent many years of life with her before she went home to be with the Lord. And he also said, And your mother is at home sick. She'll be healed now too in Jesus' name. Glory to God. And my dad said, he came up in the line later, and a man was standing, uh, uh, no, excuse me, it was a woman, had a big goiter on her neck. Said it, it protruded third as big as her head. And he said when, when she was ministered to, it looked like you just poked that a, a balloon with a pin, just went down. Went down until her neck was just flat. He said, he's standing right there. He's, he's a boy. He's looking up at her. As a kid, he saw it. He said, I, I wasn't two foot from it. He said, but as we left the, the building later, I heard some men standing outside saying, ah, oh, he framed that up some way. He had that fixed some way. Well, see, seeing doesn't give you faith. You can have something happen right in front of your eyes. You don't have to believe. Believing is a choice. And you choose to believe based on your confidence in the one who told you what you're hearing. And it's before you've experienced it and it's when you don't see it. And when Jesus was in that room and, and Thomas is there. Let me read this to you from the, uh, the Amplified. 20, 24. Or 23 or so, he said, Thomas, don't be unbelieving. Give me your hand. Put it here. Give me, give me your hand. Put it on the side. And he said, my Lord and my God. This is John 20, what, 20? We'll actually skip down a few verses. My Lord, my God, 28. And uh, 29, Jesus said, because you have seen me, Thomas, do you now believe? Blessed and happy and to be envied are those who have never seen me and yet have believed and adhered to and trusted and relied on me. He's talking about every one of us right here. Few of us have seen him. Very few. You can go your whole life and not see an angel, not see the master. It doesn't mean you're unspiritual. Some people that say they saw things made it up. Don't believe everything you hear. Check your heart when you hear something about these things. Visions. Visions happen. But a whole lot of stuff people say happened. It, it was not real. Verse 30. Well, let's see. I, I told you wrong. 
Go back to the previous verse, verse 29, and in the weast translation. Weast. Jesus said, because you have seen me and at present have me within the range of your vision. You have believed. And the result that you're in a state of believing. Spiritually prosperous are those who not having seen yet believed. Our range of vision is very narrow. Most any scientist will tell you. Most any researcher. I mean kids learn this in, in, in grade school and junior high. There's a spectrum of light. Above what we can see and below what we can see. Infrared, we don't even see it. Ultraviolet, we don't even see it. It's all there. We don't see it. Not seeing it doesn't make it non-existent. The radio frequencies, like we're saying, there are a whole range of frequencies above and below. What we hear. There are frequencies whales and dolphins hear and elephants hear. To them, it's perfectly hearable. If they could understand, they'd look at us and go, Why don't you hear it? That's plain as the nose on your face. And we're like, Duh, I don't hear anything. And then the category above, there's all these frequencies. Well, what else is there? That we hadn't even detected yet. Oh, but friend, by faith we gain access to what is not seen and what is not yet in time. Is anybody interested in this? Yes. By faith we're able to perceive reality. That is not shown to the senses. Go back to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Do you remember Isaiah 55 where he talked about as the heavens are higher than the earth. My ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Well that's above our spectrum. But. He also said, set your minds and keep them on what is above, not on the things that are on the earth. We can become a receiver of things not seen. Hallelujah. And the more our faith develops, I believe the Lord will expand our spectrum. Jesus Saw things people around about him didn't see. Is that right? And heard things people didn't see. Not just him. So did Peter. So did Paul. The Bible says, you know, when when Paul, who was then Saul, this boy even got saved, met Jesus on the road to Damascus. There were people with him. And it said they heard a sound. But they didn't see what he saw. He saw the master. So God expanded his spectrum. His range. What are are we talking about? Faith. Faith. Faith is not this whole hum boring stuff. That some church folk think. It's no wonder, like you heard some people saying they had, they had gotten away from God. Because what they had heard and saw about faith in God, it, they didn't like it. It seemed useless. There is a lot of religious stuff that is useless. It's just wrong. But the reality is exciting beyond words. The reality of God is exciting. Beyond words. It's joy. Inexpressible. And full. Of glory. Hallelujah. This dimension if you will. 
that we're wanting to be more aware of is spirit. Go to John 3. John 3. Faith is the confidence of things expected. It is the conviction of things not seen. John 3. Can you see why people, when Jesus ministered, in a short amount of time, there were 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 people out there, and they'd stay with him and not even leave for three days? Why? Forget to eat? For three days? Why? They begin to get caught up and aware of spirit. Hallelujah. All these miracles begin to happen. All these amazing things. They're understanding pieces of things that had been hidden from the beginning of the earth. Woo! Glory to God. Has He changed? Has His Spirit changed? Has His Word changed? Men have created stuff that's Useless and vain and gotten away, but he hadn't changed. And the more we are in contact with the real God, you might use a lot of words to describe it, but boring will not be one of them. Amen. <laughs> he is awesome. And that don't touch it. He is so amazing. He's real. And if you're going to come to him, you've got to believe that he is real and that he is a rewarder. What does that mean, he's real? He is called numerous times in the New Testament the invisible God. Invisible. He's eternal. He's invisible. So, People mock us and make fun of us, believing in something that's invisible. Because to them, invisible equals non-existent. But what we're believing in is spirit, which is what we are. You are our spirit. He is the father of spirits. And he functions as a spirit by faith. Faith perceives, receives, conceives, believes, speaks and releases and creates. That's how the material universe came into existence. But it is the product of the unseen. And the inhabitants of the planet think... The unseen's not real, and this is what's real. But the scripture tells us this is temporary. That this life is like a vapor. It's like a mist. Material things, and those who study physics, they know that these, these is made up of energy in atoms. And if you change the speed, you could put your hand through it. There are giant gaps in what we call solid stuff. It's energy. But because of the way it's moving, it feels firm. Flesh is firm against flesh. But so is spirit. Spirit is firm against spirit. Hallelujah. John 3, are you there? Young's literal translation, John 3, 6. Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. And that which has been born of the spirit is spirit. These are two different dimensions. Spirit is unseen to the physical eye. You can't see spirit with your eye. 
nor hear spirit with your ear, nor touch spirit with your hand. You can see flesh. You can hear flesh. You can touch flesh. Body is another word for flesh. But spirit, how many would consent and acknowledge spirit is just as real as flesh? Is it? In fact, spirit is eternal. Flesh is temporary. That's what 2 Corinthians 4.18 says. Keep reading. Verse 7. You may not wonder that I said to you it behooves you to be born from above. Which is another way of saying born of the spirit. Because he's contrasting spirit and flesh. The spirit... Where he wills does blow. His voice, or we'd say sound, you do hear, but you've not known where he came from or where he's going. Thus is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. Spirit is like wind. You walk out of this door and there's a breeze blowing. You feel what? What do you feel? You call it wind. What is wind? Air. Air is not nothing. You're looking through it right now, but air is pushing down on us at what? About 14 pounds per square inch. Air is more like water. Than anything else. Water is just heavier. A heavier medium. But this is not nothing. When you take a breath. Some of that. Flowed into you. Then you push some of it out. We are in. An ocean. Of gas. Gases. You get high enough. You get out of it. And uh. But when I feel it blowing against me, what's pushing the air? I felt the wind. No, you felt the results of the pressure that pushed the wind. These forces are electromagnetic. You get into gravity and the rotation of the planet. Who put that in motion? What keeps it together? All things are upheld by the word of his power. When you felt the wind against your face, when you feel gravity pulling you, keeping you on the surface, I won't even get into that. (laughs) Like I know. (laughs) What you are feeling is the results Of the spoken word of the Almighty. That keeps the planets in their orbits. And the sun burning. So there, there is no God. Ain't nobody proved there is no God. Nobody was there. None of us were there. When he said light be. Even if you don't believe, you'll at least be honest and say, well, I don't know. But to make a bold statement, there is no God, that's just ignorance. No, I've made up my mind. How about you? I believe in the one who is invisible, eternal, who is life, who is light. Who is love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And most of this. You can't see with your eyes. You can't hear with your ears. You can't touch with your hand. And all that you can perceive with these senses. Will soon be gone. But God. Will still be here. And that which is born of him. We'll still be here. Raise your hand if you're born of him. 
It helps you to relax. When you realize I'm going to be around. For a long. 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 Long time. (laughs) Huh? Helps you to relax. It gives you a different perspective. When you go. You got a little issue with your flesh. You got a little issue with something in this life. And you realize. Okay. But. You know, that's about that long. This is the shortest thing I will ever do. (laughs) That's important. I'm not minimum. It's important. Let's get it right. But then we're just about to step off into. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then what was invisible to us will no longer be invisible to us. And we will know as we are known. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. John 4. You're there in John 3. But in John 4. He said. God. Is spirit. John 4. Is it 14 or so? Excuse me. I was off. Yeah. uh, 23. 23. I should have known that. 23, Jesus said, well, back up to 22. He told this woman, he says, you don't know what you worship. wonder how true that is of a lot of people on the planet today. You, you, you don't have a clue what you're worshiping. He said, we know what we worship. Salvation is of the Jews. For the hour comes and is now. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father how? How? Spirit's what you can't see. Can't see spirit. In spirit and in truth. How do you worship what you don't see? By faith it's the confidence of what you has not yet hadn't happened yet in this realm it is the conviction of the reality of what is not seen true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeks such to worship him all of this is here. It's right here in other dimensions. And the Father wants us to interact with Him. He wants us to let Him in, to not be so tiny minded and so proud, stupid. <laughs> I went to school for four years. Well, whoop de doo. I went to school for 12. And we know that there is no God. You don't know anything. You don't know anything. It's pitiful how ignorant you are. I'm serious. The Bible said the fool says there is no God. The beginning of knowledge is the reverence and fear of the Lord. Your life, your awareness begins when you look up. And acknowledge your creator. Your awareness. Begins. Oh but it doesn't have to stop there. You can walk with him. Every day and every night. By faith. And the stronger your faith gets. The greater your awareness. Of the unseen is. And you begin to perceive. What is not seen. Nor heard. Nor felt. By the flesh. But it's real. I said it's real. He's real. He's real. And people mock me when I said, you know, the Lord spoke to me. And you've heard me many times say, no, I'm not talking about I heard an audible voice. You ever heard me say that? I'm distinguishing between flesh hearing and spirit hearing. And sometimes people say, well, you know that he thinks he's hearing from God. No, I know I am. Thinks he's hearing from God. All these people hearing from God. That bothers me. They ought to be bothered by people who never hear from God. (laughs) 
Now granted, everything that people said God told them, maybe he did not. But you got the Holy Spirit inside you and he will let you know. You'll have a witness about what is him. And a check about what is not. The Father seeks such to worship him. Verse 24. God is a spirit. So if you don't believe in spirit, you don't believe in God. If flesh was the best and greatest, that's what God would be. He'd be flesh. He wouldn't submit to that kind of limitation. Think about the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force like electricity. The personal masculine pronoun is used, Jesus used, to describe him, him, he, he. He's a person. But he's not limited to corporality. One physical form or any form. He manifests as fire. When did you ever see fire burning? Like at the bush. And you go, hi. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit. And he answers back. And fire talks. He came in as wind. It's got to be cool. Not to be limited to one form. He appeared in a form as a dove. How you like getting up in the morning and go, how do I feel? I feel like fire. <laughs> I feel like wind. Jesus appeared in different forms to people that he spoke to. And the Bible said our body is going to be just like his glorified, Amen. glorious body. Multidimensional. Is this boring? Say it out loud, God is spirit. He's the father of spirits. He made me. I am spirit. Now you'll hear people talking about, well, you know, I'm an accident. My parents didn't plan me. They didn't create your spirit. They were involved in the development of your body, but you are way more than a body. Your spirit came from him. Hallelujah. And he was not shocked when you arrived. He knew you. In closing, I think, John 11. John 11. What are we talking about in in these days? Faith. How are things going to happen for us? According to our faith. It opens up. Our faith opens up other dimensions to us. Things that are not seen. <laughs> Woo. Big stuff. This is how miracles happen. We don't understand it, but to God, it's per- you know, he understands it perfectly. We believed him and it opened up a window. And something from spirit was able to come over into flesh. And your kidneys were recreated. Your heart was remade. Your blood was cleaned up. Come on, you with me. That's healing. That's miracle. Something came into this realm from that realm. And it was our faith that opened the door. All the radio waves are there, but when you turn that receiver on... And you tune it, now, you, now you're receiving that wave. Jesus' friends, Lazarus, Martha, Mary, when Lazarus died, they sent word for him to come, and he, uh, he didn't come immediately. And, and Jesus came later, and... Uh, Jesus, verse 23, Mark, John eleven twenty three. he said to her, your brother will rise again. Now see, from the physical senses, 
He's dead. He's buried. He's cold. He's stiff. He's already begun to decay his body. That's it. From the flesh. That's it. The end. But Jesus said no he'll rise again. And uh, Martha said I know he'll rise again at the resurrection in the last day. So she believed in the resurrection. Jesus said I am the resurrection. (laughs) And the life. He that believes in me. Though he were dead, like Lazarus, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? The Bible said Jesus tasted death for every man. And those who believe in him, it's appointed unto man once to die. You're not going to live down here forever if he tarries his coming. But when you do slip out of your body, you don't even have to taste death. You can be on the other side for several minutes before you realize your body's dead. You knew you felt a lot better. Sit out loud, I believe in him. And I will never die. Even if you slip out of your body, you ain't dying. That's not even the end of your body. You're coming back later and picking it up. This time, glorified. (laughs) Man, I ought to preach this to myself today. (laughs) 39, verse 39, Jesus said, take away the stone. Roll the stone away. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he stinks. He's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, said I not to you, didn't I tell you, that if you would believe, you should see the glory of God. Faith. Allows you to perceive another dimension. Spirit. Glory. Oh, hallelujah. 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 If this man's body is going to be raised from the dead, it's not going to be by any natural means. It's not by anything that's happening in this dimension, these dimensions. It has to be something that comes over from that dimension. From spirit. And changes. His body. Atomically. Spirit. Is real. How's it going to happen? He didn't just say I'm getting ready to do something. Stand back. What did he say? He said remember I told you. If what? If. What does if mean? If, if you'll believe, you'll see the glory of God. Now listen here. She hasn't seen the glory of God in her brother getting sick. She hasn't seen the glory of God in her brother dying prematurely. She hadn't seen the glory of God in the morning at the funeral or at the graveside and the burial of his body. Death is an enemy. It's the last enemy that will be put underfoot. But he said, if you'll believe, you're about to see the glory of God. People talk about being sick for the glory of God. Wrong. The glory is in the healing. People are talking about, you know, God getting glory. Uh, somebody who was a sinner. He didn't get any glory out of that sin. It's when you got saved. It's when you got right with him. And you were born again or you were recovered. God doesn't get glory in the work of the devil. Didn't I tell you that if you'd believe, you would see the glory of God. 
And she must have believed because they went straight and took that stone out of the way. Hallelujah. She wants to see her. Some glory of God. And that act of faith opened up a portal for something to come over from spirit into the natural. Oh, hallelujah. And while the master was looking up praying and he looked down and he said, wonder if he said this with any faith. That was a joke. (laughs) Why did Jesus say it? Lazarus, come forth. Faith is released. She's believing. Jesus is believing. Hallelujah. Something came in to that grave. Something came into that tomb. Flowed through his body. His spirit came back in it. His body was made alive again and healed or else he'd have died again immediately from whatever killed him the first time. And he comes hopping out of there because they had already wrapped him up, you know, and, and embalmed him. That's why he had to say, Lucy, let him go where he can walk. And just a couple of verses later, they're over at Martha's house eating biscuits and gravy, hallelujah, with a man who was dead. All things are possible to them that believe. Somebody say, I believe, I believe. Stand on your feet, everybody. I believe, I believe. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.